You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LeBoy. I'm the host of the show. Today, I've got Cam Berry and Brooks Childress with me here. A shortened edition of Sports Call today. Going to get off the air just before 5 o'clock as Borgard High School basketball coming on the air around 5 o'clock. And so we have to get off the air for that. The season winding down. The last area matchup for Borgard before postseason play. They've got Tallahassee, and so we'll have that game for you here in just a couple of hours. So a shortened edition of Sports Call, a lot to do in that time. Of course, your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line. We also have birthdays and sports, as always, nightly TV guide, and we've got to talk about Auburn basketball as they get set for a date with West Virginia in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Also previewing the NFC and AFC Championship games coming up this Sunday, and so a lot to talk about again. Ryan, Cam, and Brooks on the show today. Start with you, Cam. Hope you're doing well, sir. Yes, doing great. Uh, enjoying a Friday. So glad that it is Friday. Um, looking forward to the weekend. Full sports championship Sunday. Um, watching some Auburn basketball against West Virginia, um, and really just the whole SEC Big Twelve challenge as a whole um, should be should be a lot of interesting games to watch, and um, maybe a little throw a little bit of NBA in there. Um, but yeah, doing well. Um, Auburn women's basketball got the win um, against Kentucky, so that was a, a big win for them uh, away. And uh, happy for those ladies. Aisha Koulibaly had a great game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, Brooks is going to be with us again for a uh, another portion of the show, but not the uh, full show. As, uh, Brooks is, is just, I don't know, he's, he's rehabbing the arm a little bit. He can't go the whole <laughs> way. He's going to only go five or six innings. But uh, glad to have him back today. Brooks, hope you're doing well. I, I am, and I would just want to address some rumors that I, I, I know – that since you've taken over Ryan, there's been there's been quite a few days that it's been oh Brooks is only going to be here for a short amount of time. It's not because Ryan hates me. Don't worry, guys. It's it's not <laughs> because it's Ryan hates me. I think me. it's because you don't like him. And it's not because I don't like Ryan. The All right, maybe so it is out. a little. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. I, I do like Ryan. It's just just coincidence. We've gotten into a busy uh, busy part of the year for uh, extracurricular activities for me outside of sitting in the studio and talking sports. But I enjoy every single moment that I get to come in here and talk sports with you guys. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be a great show today. Can't wait to hear from all of our callers. Uh, like you said, Cam, big win last night for the Auburn women's basketball team, a road game. They're two in, uh, they've won two in a row in conference play, getting set for a Monday night matchup. And this is their next one against Florida coming up uh, this Monday. And, of course, can't wait to talk about Auburn basketball, getting ready to play West Virginia. Auburn gymnastics getting ready for a big meet tonight versus NC State, another top 25 matchup for the Tigers. And, uh, yeah, big, big weekend of sports. Can't wait to uh, fill my hour here with you guys talking all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll uh, make the most of your time today, Brooks, uh, as uh, we start to look forward to, again, another Auburn basketball game day coming up tomorrow against West Virginia, the SEC Big 12 Challenge as a whole. The last rendition of this before, as we've talked about this week, before the SEC and ACC start a challenge, kind of more lining up with the future TV agreements, basically, uh, is why that is going to happen. And so Auburn goes to West Virginia. This is a team that yesterday I was talking about the bracketology that had them first four out prior to the midweek games. Now they would be in the tournament, according to Joe Lenardi. And if you believe he knows all, which he knows a lot, but not all, uh, he uh, he has them in the NCAA tournament now. So this is a, another uh, NCAA tournament potential team that Auburn is playing, and it is on the road would be a resume-building opportunity, obviously, for West Virginia. I believe on that latest bracketology, Auburn down to a seven seed, mm-hmm. uh, depending on who you look at, some six, seven, somewhere in there. Jerry Palm is the CBS bracketologist, so I, I look at him sometimes, too. And so it just depends on who you ask. Also, I want to just throw this out there uh, as we start to get a little over a month away from the NCAA tournament, is that... Remember, Birmingham has NCAA tournament games this yeah. cycle. And so, according to Lenardi, I, I, I think these sites are decided upon by the NCAA tournament as in like what seed lines go there because I've seen Lenardi have eight nines go to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I saw in Jerry Palms with CBS, he had seven tens going there. So he had Auburn as a seven right. going to Birmingham. So... We've got to monitor that. I think uh, Lenardi had them going out to Denver, Colorado, which is decidedly not close to Birmingham uh, or to Auburn, Alabama. So uh, we're that's going to be something to follow to where Auburn actually ends up playing, not just who they end up playing and what seed they are. But nevertheless, this is a, a, a game that people have cautioned all week about. West Virginia record-wise does not look that robust, but they're – uh, their their schedule has been very difficult, yeah. and they've got four or five players that contribute to their set success. They're kind of like Auburn; they don't have one go to guy, but they got four or five guys that kind of contribute to their to their team. Yeah, yeah. Um, West Virginia is definitely going to be a tough a tough matchup for Auburn if we're if we're being honest here. I mean, just I mean, just size wise. Like, let's look. I have their their the size of their lineups right here. 6'3", 185, 6'4", 205. Those are their two guards. Three forwards, 6'7", 210, 6'9", 225, 6'10", 285. So they're big. Big boy. Yeah, they're big. So it's definitely uh, their physical team. Uh, The Big 12 is tough, so you can say, oh, their schedule's not that good. But, I mean, if you look at the rest of the Big 12, their conference is very good. So you got to kind of take into account, like, oh, they might be – they're they're on the lower side, but of a very good conference, which makes them a, still a quality team. Um, so if you're Auburn, uh, you got to be disciplined. I mean, they Auburn struggled. I mean, the I guess this is my first time on since the uh, home win streak has ended. So uh, that loss against Texas A&M was definitely tough to swallow. But they came out hot um, and could absolutely not stop Tyree Stratford whatsoever. 
and he could do what he did whatever he wanted to do on that court. Um, you know, Jalen Williams only getting five shots in the entire game. That's just something that can't happen. You kind of have to you have to have him in the flow of your offense. It's just not something um, that can go missing. I mean, he was three for five from the field. You know, yes, zero for two from three, but still getting him involved is something that's so crucial. He did have seven assists. He led the team in assists, and that's that's great. But we need his scoring more than anything. He, we need him to be aggressive. And um, Alan Flanagan had a clunker of a game as well, three for ten, and and um, Janai played fine. Um, but you know, he and and Allen and Wendell. They, they um, I mean, Wen had had a fine game, um, sixteen points. But uh, Flanagan had, going three for ten, zero for three. I just, I don't know what it is. It's like he'll have three really good games that you'll watch, and then he'll have that one game where you're like, man, what are you doing? And that was one of those games um, where he just he did not uh, play well. He he just was forcing shots that were not within the flow of the offense i feel like uh he wasn't looking to pass he wasn't really um you know he was taking care of the ball he didn't have any turnovers but still you know forcing up the shots was taking away open opportunities for other things in the flow of the offense that was already struggling as a whole so you can't fall back into that if you're auburn um and you got to be able to to be aggressive um with with your with your forwards and with your guards and so it's just going to be interesting to see how auburn really um really plays this game because west virginia is a good team and it's going to be tough to match up against them yeah it's this is going to be a fun game like you you said it it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting matchup to watch uh, Auburn go up against the size of West Virginia. This is a good resume building game, as we talked about. Yeah. They're they're a team that's you know f- flirting on the bubble. Uh, they play in a really good conference. Uh, they don't have the best conference record there, but that's because their conference is so good. Um, you, you look at them. This you know you step out of conference play, you get a little break from the SEC action. Where this you know you you win or lose doesn't affect where you're you're seated in the SEC tournament coming come time uh, in March. It does affect, you know, like I said, does affect your resume when it comes to the NCAA tournament because you stick a, you know, a win versus West Virginia. Say West Virginia goes down the road, knocks off a Kansas State, knocks off a Kansas, knocks off a, a Texas somewhere down in their conference uh, schedule uh, after this weekend. It looks really good on your resume that you beat that West Virginia team. Um, you know, you, you've got a couple teams. They this team, this West Virginia team, beat a Florida team earlier this year. Lost one to Purdue. Purdue's got uh, is the number one team in the country, but it's still on Purdue's resume. That's a good win for Purdue. Is knocking off that West Virginia team. Uh, you're going into an environment that you know it, it's a it's a great basketball environment. Well, Morgantown, West Virginia. Bob Huggins has done a really, really good job in his years there at uh, West Virginia to build that program up and to put it on the level that it is right now. Auburn's got to go in there. You got to fix some of the issues that you had this this past week. You need to hit some more threes up there because, like I said, with the size, you you're going to need to you know you all this Auburn team is based around scoring in the paint. But getting in there, getting into the trees of that West Virginia team, it's going to be a little bit harder to score in the paint. So you're going to have to have some more of those threes fall. The you know they only hit three three balls the other night against uh, Texas A&M. That's not going to work this week. You got to hit a few more than uh, than West Virginia against West Virginia. And so it should be a really fun matchup. Can't wait to watch it. And it kicks off the day. So everybody that is going to be taking in the SEC Big 12 Challenge throughout the day, you are the standalone game to start the day at 11 a.m. before you get into the meat of that action. So everybody's eyes are going to be on you. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point there. You know, West Virginia, despite their size, is actually a team that's usually involved in higher scoring ball games. They don't necessarily play a slow pace. Uh, this year, West Virginia averaging 77 points per game as a team uh, compared to Auburn, 72. And West Virginia allows nearly 69 points a game to Auburn, 63. So they both have a, a plus-minus of around eight and a half nine points. However, West Virginia is involved in typically higher-scoring ballgames than Auburn is. So whereas you, you anticipated maybe not an incredibly low-scoring game against A&M, you did a, a, anticipate things to be maybe below average. This, I would anticipate an above-average pace, and I would anticipate Auburn will need to score. Obviously, they gave up 70-some to Texas A&M, so ultimately they were going to need to score in that game too. But I would anticipate this being a game in the 70s, maybe high 70s, uh, d- depending on these averages and, and being in Morgantown. So uh, points are going to be important, as you said, Brooks. They're going to have to make some threes. Auburn needs to start out by taking smart threes, yeah, not taking a ton, a ton of threes. Can't go three for 16 again. Exactly. But the threes they do take, they're going to have to make a few, and, and they can't be in the teens or 20s. Uh, percent wise from three let's take our first time out of sports call today when we come back let's go to the auburn bank phone line stick around more sports call after the break Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Brooks Childress with you here. Coming to you live from our studios on South College Street. Again, continue to PSA. This will be a shorter version of Sports Call. Going to be about a two-hour version of Sports Call. Borgard High School basketball coming up after us. Listen to us while you can. Yes. uh, So uh, go ahead and tune in and get your calls in. You'd like to talk to us today on the program, 334-887-3401 or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, I couldn't feel better because it's fun Friday. Fun Friday indeed. Yes. So thank you for taking my phone call as always, guys. It's always appreciated. Uh, and it's Cam and Brooks. Uh, yeah, uh, Cam and Brooks are with me. Brooks, admittedly, is uh, I don't know where he is at the moment, but uh, he'll already, be back in a moment. Already yeah. welching on his duties. <laughs> so he's uh, taking care of business? Yeah, yep. taking care of company business. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to it because time is tight. Yes, sir. All right. The first thing that hit me uh, today when I was going uh, through the uh, Internet is this quote. We let the fans vote. Look what happened last time they got to vote for president. Yeah, uh, Charles Barkley. Charles, yeah. yeah. Did you happen to see it live on TNT? I did not. Did not. Well, of course, he wasn't referring to Biden because he, he uh, you know, made a uh, adjustment that he said, I'm not talking about the old guy because I'm talking about the guy before him. Huh. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm sure he probably is not in, uh, uh, let's say, enamored, uh, enamoring or, or welcoming the uh, uh, parts of those uh, votes that uh, didn't go for uh, Biden, right? 
I, I don't know. He was really more referring to uh, the all-star voting and saying that the fans are, or the, yeah, the fans don't know much of what they're talking about in terms of uh, all-star voting. And so I think that's really more of what he was alluding to. Right, but of course he added, look what happened last time, they got to vote. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing uh, out an example there. Yeah, so guys, well, what about that? Uh, you know, the, the fans vote, uh, or do they not, uh, for the uh, uh, Pro Bowl, right? Uh, I know they vote for the MLB All-Star Game. There's always a big uh, campaign for that. Right. Pro Bowl, though, there's I... There's some I fan voting. I think yeah. it's a formula, yeah, maybe. Fan voting for that, yeah. Um, what do you think is his opposition to it, though? I, I don't know if he's referring which specific player, if it's Joel Embiid in the East or if there's a Western Conference player. I, I don't know. Oh, he, it was uh, uh, it was talking about Zion. He said he sh- it should have been DeMontis Sabonis or Laurie Markkinen. Um, over Zion, yeah, over just because of his injuries? Yeah, okay. he said, yeah, he said Zion missed 23 games, and you've already missed half of the first half of the season. You shouldn't be able to be an all-star starter. Um, right. but, so, yeah, so I, that's why. But I think – formality wise i mean these guys will still get um on the team because there's other ways to get on the team because i i think the coaches and the players yeah. kind of vote the the reserves on there yep. and then the fans might get the last like there isn't there like one like yeah, two guys at the like end and the fans the may vote, fan vote. yeah yeah but uh you know i i think he you know being an all-star still being an all-star so as long as you make does, it you make it i mean being no one starter doesn't matter right when you when you read off the accolades at the end of the career, you don't usually say how many times all-star you're a starter, starter. just yeah. how many times you're an all star. Okay, so his comments were the, the, the fan vote was not that impactful then. Not not really. No, not not, not really. I, I okay. yeah. It's just something to make sure the fans are engaged. Are, exactly. Yep. All right. Well, this one caught me by surprise, and I want to get your comments on it, guys. Uh, K comes from Al uh, dot com, and the quote that got me. Uh, to read this, says, Rob Douster on Auburn, quote, I think they're the biggest fraud in the country, honestly, end of quote. So I went on to read it, and apparently there's a show called The Field of 68. That yeah, the host Jeff, of. and Jeff I Goodman's involved. With yeah. that podcast, or, or with that host, Rob Douster. Not him in particular. I know Jeff Goodman's on that show a lot, and Jeff Goodman perennially underrates Auburn, so it's not surprising that it's from that group. So I'm trying to figure out what, you know, What's the reason he's uh, highlighting or focusing on Auburn? Because uh, he went on to say the pair of the metrics, he says, uh, doesn't support it. He says their best wins are Arkansas at home, and they beat Northwestern on neutral. They beat Florida. They beat Mississippi State. They haven't really beaten anyone that jumps out at you. Uh, he says, I'll say this so you guys don't have to say this. I think Auburn's the biggest problem in the country in terms of where they are ranked and what their metrics are compared to what they are as a team. Well, first, I'd say to him, if I was there, hold on, man. I don't know who you are or what your, uh, you know, your, your expertise is, but if you're going to be saying those kind of comments, say it to, I don't know, Ken Palm or the other people who do the rankings, uh, right? They're the ones that come up with these rankings, and so he's calling them a fraud in their rankings, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, does he have a problem where Auburn? I mean, I don't know where they are in Ken Palm. I know they're like thirty second or third in the net, which is Ken Palm has dropped them from sixteen to twenty four. Gotcha. I mean, I, that all seems fair to me. I mean, in the twenties or thirties. I mean, I I know they're ranked fifteenth uh, right now. That that will drop even with a win against West Virginia. I imagine they'll drop a couple spots even if they beat West Virginia. So I mean, I 
I, I, I don't think that the twenties or thirties is is vastly overrating Auburn. Well, he just so he says he makes point of uh, their metrics. Apparently, uh, he says aren't what the team is. Right, and I would. I mean, I don't know where St. Mary's ranks in all that, but I remember when we were going through St. Mary's being like yeah. eighth in the net. I, I don't think they're the eighth best team in the country. So there's always going to be some metrics that that don't align. And using his logic, I pointed him. Well, if you're going to do that with Auburn, uh, how about are we going to overlook Kansas? Uh, they've uh, had three. Um, losses, and some of them uh, were not even near as competitive as the ones that uh, the, the operators played. And if you're going to do that, by the way, how about you know uh, Temple and what they did to Gonzaga? Uh, what about those kind of metrics? So I, I, I don't get this guy. You know, why is he picking on uh, selecting uh, out uh, you know Auburn? If you go call some other teams out while you're at it. Right. I mean that that's just his opinion of the yeah. most most one. I'm sure. He'd probably think there would be others, but I mean that's just if you usually if you go through the most you don't you don't usually go through a whole litany of, of teams you think are over overvalued. But um, yeah, but no, isn't that strong uh, to say they're the biggest fraud in the country? I I mean I don't know who the biggest fraud in the country is. I haven't thought about it. I I do think it's strong. I don't think it's Auburn, but um, you know again I, that's a topic they thought about. That's not a topic I have thought about. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I just thought, wow, uh, maybe you guys know how, how good of an expert this guy is, but you know, if you're going to have a, uh, you know, a bone to pick somebody, do it with Ken Palm or the other people you know, who uh, put their metrics in and do their rankings, right? Sure. It's not Auburn's fault. Sure. All right. Now, I said this fun Friday, so i got some fun facts for you uh, in the uh, uh, playoffs uh, coming up this uh, Sunday. Yeah. And it comes from Bleacher Report. And I thought these are some interesting uh, fun facts here. Uh, they talk about Purdy, in fact. And uh, I thought I didn't know this, but uh, he is the only, only rookie quarterback to start, okay, uh, to possibly go to a Super Bowl game. Right. I think rookies yep. are 0 and 4 in the conference championship game, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, here's some other stuff. He says, uh, no rookie has ever started Super Bowl. He's the first rookie since 2009 to make the championship weekend. I didn't know it's been that long. Is that Mark Sanchez, probably? Yeah. Is that I who it was? So. Mark Sanchez, Sanchez, yeah, I think with the Jets. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then this is really interesting. In August, they say Purdy almost lost the final roster spot to back up Nate Sudfield. I didn't even know who, who's Nate Sudfield. He's, uh, I think he came out of like Arizona or Arizona State, one of the two, and uh, he's he's been a backup in the league for a handful of years. He's he's never done anything of relevance. He's just been been a backup. So are are Purdy's? I guess uh, uh, I guess his his even being in the playoffs are they just just pure chance luck? Yeah, it's pretty improbable. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> he was going to be their third quarterback this year and. We we debated all off season if they should stick with Garoppolo or if the Lance move made sense, and then they both got hurt within ten ten games, and so crazy stuff. Uh, you know that 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 takes a lot of uh, unpredictable outcomes to get to Brock Purdy, and then the fact that he's been good, you know, and that they haven't lost. So uh, truly a, a very unlikely tale. So if I were him, I I guess I'd say uh, I won the lottery. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Well, Mr. Purdy, it doesn't stop here. Has also done this. He's the only 
Mr. Irrelevant Quarterback to throw an NFL pass. Wow. Yeah, that is not surprising. <laughs> Usually when you get that far down there, you're, you're – you know, like you said, he barely made the roster, right, as the third string, third string quarterback. So uh, most of those guys, you know, are really practice squad players alternating uh, in and out of the active roster and don't even see the field. So that's not surprising at all. And then they go on to say this remarkable stat. He's also the only rookie to win his first seven starts with a 16-4 to 4 TD interception ratio. That's pretty darn good. Right, four yeah. to one. Yep. So, you guys, I'm still going with the favorites. In fact, the favorites have changed in the uh, Cincinnati and uh, Kansas City. First, Kansas City was favored by one one and a half points. Then it swung over to Cincinnati, being a two and a half point favorite. Now it swung back to Kansas City. Uh, what do you make of all that? Uh, that's purely the yeah. health of, of Patrick Mahomes, and the speculation yep. after the first game was that uh, he was not going to be, or after the first game, after the game that he got injured in was that he was not going to be very healthy, and if he played, he would not be anywhere close to 100%, so that's why it swung to Cincinnati. But now we've seen a lot of videos of practice and, and of him, and, and he looks like he's going to be pretty close to 100%. So I think it's just reactionary to, to, to what his health status has been. All right. Uh, are you guys, I guess, going to make your picks later on in the show? Uh, yes, we will. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and, uh, for what it's worth, uh, I'm not good at these things, um, but I'm going to go with the two favorites. Because the favorites have been struggling in the playoffs, have they not? Uh, have favorites been struggling in the playoffs? Um, not really. I mean, I don't think so. Philadelphia, I mean, all I mean, these. In terms of the, the point spreads. Oh, in oh. terms of point spreads. Uh, I, I haven't kept up with that part of it. Yeah, I, the only one that actually uh, beat the point spreads are, are the Philadelphia Eagles. Against yeah. the Giants, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go, uh, these are very close, uh, uh, you know, lines anyway. So I'm going to go with uh, San Francisco, I'm sorry, with uh, the Eagles and with uh, uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, yeah. Although Burrow, apparently uh, some people are making the joke of some blog, uh, they call it not uh, Arrowhead State, but Burrow. Stadium. Did you know that? Yeah. Yes, I've seen yeah, some, the, of that. some of the players have been calling it. Uh, the some of the Cincinnati players have been calling it Burrowhead because um, Joe Burrow's three and zero against Kansas City. Yeah, I, I did not know that he was three and zero against them. So, uh, with that said, guys, uh, do you know of anybody, friends, relatives that's going to the West Virginia game? Uh, not that no. I'm aware of. No. No. Uh, do you have any sense of? What kind of you know turnout will be uh, with Auburn fans there or not? I mean, I'm sure a few will make that trip yeah, just because it's it's so uh, rare and you like to go to places for the first time. But uh, it's still a long way, and uh, you you have to be you West have to plan that thing out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. West Virginia is a drive. Well, I heard your stats about the uh, the I guess the, the the heights that we're going to be contending with with their basketball players. Is this a really 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 bad matchup for us then? It'll be tough. It'll be interesting because, uh, you know, rebounding stats, have, as you've talked about, Steve, not in Auburn's favor most of the time this year. But West Virginia is not especially a great rebounding team despite being pretty big. And so that may not be a big factor. What I'm more worried about is that West Virginia scores 78 points a game. And any team that is capable of nearing 80 points uh, is going to be challenging for Auburn because there's just not a lot of games that Auburn's going to, to shoot the lights out. There's not a lot of games Auburn's going to be 
a, a great offensive team. So uh, Auburn's defense is going to have to do a really good job on their guards, as we've talked about, uh, preventing dribble penetration and, and preventing open looks. And, and they're going to have to do a good job and keep this score down because the higher scoring it goes in general with Auburn this year, the, the less less good it looks for them. What do you know about, you know, what is their primary, I guess, strength? Is it three-point shots? Is it uh, in the paint? Yeah, I mean, they're a very balanced team overall. Uh, they've got five guys that, that average at least nine and a half points uh, per game. So in, in some sense, you could say it's a little better version of Auburn just because Auburn does not have a bunch of guys that kind of set themselves apart as go-to scorers. Uh, West Virginia does not necessarily have that. But, I mean, they are a better three-point team than Auburn. There's no doubt they're near, nearly 35% from three. Uh, so that's probably, if I had to guess, based off of what Tom was reading through, probably around 100th, probably you know top top third of the country, top quarter of the country, something yeah. like that. Uh, so, you know, it's a better shooting team than Auburn. It's not an elite shooting team by any means. But I, I just think it's it's just kind of balanced because they do have so many different guys that, that contribute. Uh, what do you know about their free throw shooting percentage? They are 70.6%, which is solid, right average. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, fine for a college team. That's what we're doing. Uh, how physical are they compared to Texas AM? I would, I would I would lean towards a little less. You think I mean, so? I'm I mean, just because of their size and the the way that they score and and get scored on, they give up sixty eight points a game, which is more than Texas A M. They don't have a shot blocking presence. They True. only block two and a half shots a game. I mean, they've got bodies that are big, but that doesn't mean that they use those in, in a physical nature. Um, so, I mean, again, it, this does not feel like a lower-scoring game to me. Maybe it will on the road, and, and Auburn might need it to be because of their offense, but West Virginia is usually involved in higher-scoring games than Auburn is. Are they very fast-paced? Yeah, yes, considering the, the – I, I, I need to find the actual pace numbers, but uh, just from what I've seen, and I watched a little bit of the Texas Tech game while I was in the arena – uh, they, they they put it up on the board. That they they struck me as playing a little faster. Okay, and final question, guys. I, I appreciate your patience with me. But my son, who's a lot more of an expert when it comes to basketball than I ever could be, uh, he made a comment to me the other night uh, about Bruce Pearl. Uh, like I said, you know, offensive struggles just continue uh, to continue. And he said to me that uh, his observation is that uh, the game has passed Bruce Pearl by, and he's uh, still stuck and some other, uh, I guess, uh, ways of doing things that uh, now, you know, are no longer how he's done his offense or defense. Uh, you guys, uh, you're, what are your observations about that comment my son made that the game has passed Bruce Pearl by? Yeah, Steve, I, I don't agree with, with him, and I'll tell you why. Bruce Pearl has had an offense involved uh, that, that, that is typically three-point oriented. And this year, they are a bad three-point team. They've had to ch- kind of change the way they look at offense a little bit this year. And they've just got a bunch of guys that are not hitting threes. But but Bruce Pearl was, like when I think of the best Bruce Pearl teams, whether it be at Tennessee with Chris Lofton or, 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 or obviously at Auburn uh, with the Final Four team, they're teams that shoot the three well and that are more up tempo and and thrive in transition. Well, that's kind of the way that college basketball has trended toward just basketball as a whole. It's trended more in that direction. It's just that Auburn is not very good at those things. It's not Bruce Pearl's style. It's the skill set of these players. And, and we talked yesterday a little bit about how some of these freshmen have not hit immediately 
like the way Auburn needed them to hit. Some of these guys that are veterans have not gotten better at things that uh, that are now more noticeable that they're not better at. And so uh, I think the reality is it's, it's more of the skill set of these players, not the philosophy or the offense that, that Bruce Pearl runs. Okay, well, that's a relief encouraging to hear you say that because I said, gee, is there any uh, really credibility to my son's comment there, you know? Because I, I, I would think that Bruce Pearl is still, you know, he's not that old yet that he's, you know, or stubborn headed sure. uh, to make changes. All right, for entertainment purposes only, guys, uh, uh, if you want to see uh, some new series coming up, I'm going to look into them. One is called Shrinking with Steve Carell. Yep, heard about he, that. Yeah, he's a plays a psychiatrist or psychologist. And the other one uh, is called Poker Face. Poker Face, yeah, I've seen, heard about that one. That's Peacock, Peacock, isn't it? Who can tell when people are lying. Right. So, uh, with that said, uh, I hope you guys have a relaxing and a entertaining weekend. Uh, as always, I thank you for your time. I know my time is way up. I'll look forward to talking to you guys on Monday, and maybe we might get back on the winning uh, trend again. All I know is I hope to gosh I'm not yelling, don't go for the three, don't do it. <laughs> All right, guys, War Eagle. War Eagle, that is retired Ward AM Steve joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our next break of the show. More sports call coming up right after this. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back to Sports Call here on this Friday. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Brooks Childress. Appreciate retired Ward MC for joining us on this Friday edition of the show, which we're almost halfway into because, again, Borgard High School basketball coming up in just an hour and a half or so. Let's go ahead and get to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays and sports presented by Max Credit Union. Christy Tolliver turns 37 today, current WNBA guard for the Los Angeles Sparks and assistant coach of the Dallas Mavericks, selected third overall in the 2009 WNBA draft by the Chicago Sky out of Maryland. Go Turtles! <laughs> He's back, has also played for the Washington Mystics, two-time WNBA champion, 2012 All-WNBA second team, three-time All-Star, and while at Maryland, she was a 2006 national champion and 2009 ACC Player of the Year. Christy Tolliver turns 37. Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy that turned 64 today. (laughs) Former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. Selected 37th overall in the 1981 NFL Draft by the Bengals out of Florida. It's Florida Hate Week. I can't say it. 
<laughs> Why is it Florida hate? Because the, the women's basketball plays them on Monday. I can't say it. Monday's on a different week. You do it's, know that. It's right? still we're in. The, it's we're in the middle of the it, within the seven day period. Eh, there, there's your eh. You know what? Fine, I'll do it. Go Gators. Three-time second-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, 1981 Pro Football Riders Association All-Rookie Team at Florida. Collinsworth was 1980 first-team All-American, three-time first-team All-SEC member of the University of Florida's Athletic Hall of Fame. Chris Collinsworth turns 64 today. Tony Jefferson turns 31, current strong safety for the New York Football Giants, went undrafted in the 2013 NFL Draft out of Oklahoma. Let's go Sooners. And signed with the Arizona Cardinals as an undrafted free agent. Also played for the Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco 49ers at Oklahoma. Jefferson was 2010 freshman All-American, 2010 Big 12 co-defensive freshman of the year. Tony Jefferson turned 31 today. And Julio Tehran turns 32, a current pitcher for the San Diego Padres, two-time All-Star, most known for his time with the Atlanta Braves, also played for the Angels and the Tigers, struggling to hang into Major League Baseball. I think Tehran started, what, five straight years on opening day for the Braves? Four, yeah, five, like six, Somewhere. seven, something. four, five, twelve, something. 32. <laughs> 32, is, is 32 is now the age yeah. of Julio Tehran. From birth. Uh, <laughs> was... A part of it frustrating for Tehran because he was a part of those rebuild Braves where he was going out there with like a mid three ERA and going like ten and thirteen, and then the Braves started to get good and he started to decline around them and just uh, the timeline never worked out. Just hate to see that uh, for Julio Tehran, but he turns thirty two today, and those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Yeah, Julio Tehran in his career seventy eight and seventy seven a three point eight zero ERA. Uh, he had a year with the Braves, so his first year was fourteen and eight with a three point two. But his second year, he was fourteen and thirteen with a two point eight nine ERA. Mm. Uh, kind of uh, unfair that year. Uh, then had a year at three point two one ERA, where he was seven and ten. So naturally, when uh, the, so naturally when they started to get good a few years later, <laughs> he'd have a nine and nine record with a four ERA. Oh. So just kind of uh, rough stuff. Yeah, but uh, Julio Tehran, much appreciated uh, for cutting the teeth with some of those rebuild Braves teams. Thank my, you for your service. My, not not my only memory, but my, my most prominent memory of Tehran was in 2013, I believe, was Chipper Jones's last year. I had gotten tickets to see it. Was my first Braves game at Turner Field. Um, and I got tickets that day, and it was supposed to be Tim Hudson's day to pitch. And I was you know, had a Tim Hudson jersey. I, you know, he was my favorite player at the time. Well, it rained that day, and then it coupled with the rain, the Yankees were coming into town either the next day or the day after. And so the Braves decided, hey, it's raining out here. We want Hudson to start that first game versus the Yankees. So they called up Tehran from Gwinnett and had him do a spot start that Sunday. So I got to see him pitch that Sunday but I was but looking, you wanted I wanted to boy. see I wanted to see Huddy I did get to see Chipper though that's which a is more uh, important that's a less that's still heartbreaking but a less heartbreaking version of what's been going on in the NBA with stars playing or not playing on, on the road and having kids travel hundreds of miles to see them it's a dilemma that uh, unfortunately you just can't perfect there uh, some guys get injured some guys end up sitting sometimes the rains come at least sometimes you, the least Yankees you, come <laughs> At least you saw a baseball game that I day. Did. It could have gotten completely rained out. It would have been even worse. Wasn't pretty, so, but it was there. At least they did play that one. But uh, one final timeout here in hour number one. 
Uh, we'll wrap up our number one. Say goodbye to Brooks Brother for the week in just a couple moments. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. This is Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Brooks Childress with you here. Again, short show coming up at 5 o'clock or so, Borgard High School Basketball. Stick with us for the exact time on that because high school sports always subject to move around a little bit uh, without without warning, honestly. Uh, There's a game uh, with Smith Station where earlier this week where we could have started a full hour late and we ended up starting right around on time yeah. so uh, you, you just never know but again just five or so minutes left here uh on this edition of sports call you know brooks what i just realized what is that you didn't wear a hat today no i didn't and, oh my god! and gosh. that's a rare occurrence that is rare i just i kept seeing you today i was just like Something's missing. Brooks looking good today. I don't know what's going on exactly, but looking uh, suave, young man. And uh, it's without the hat. So, just a few minutes left here in the hour, Brooks. Uh, let's start with uh, some conference championships. Which one are you looking more forward to? Uh, I think probably the one I'm looking most forward to is, you know, I I, I thought I had an answer when I started this question, but I didn't uh, this answer. <laughs> but I, I thought about the other one in my head. Honestly, I think the one I'm looking most forward to is the uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, I've seen Mahomes versus Burrow again. Uh, that you know, it, it's starting to be. You know, I, I know this is thrown out there a lot when you know it's teams. The next. It, it's. Say it. I, I heard it a lot the other night when I was watching the, that uh, Grizzlies Warriors game where it was a quote a budding rivalry. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like this is kind of a budding rivalry where there there's some they've played in some important games last few years. Obviously, uh, Burrow and the, the Bengals kept the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl last year. Went on to the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Burrow's just—it's—he's a likable guy. Like he's—he's he's one of these quarterbacks that comes in. He's darn good, so cool, and he's—he's he's Joe Shiesty, you know. Joe Shiesty, he, really he is—he is. is phenomenal. He's a great quarterback, um, and you know, you—you you really want to see him take that next step, get a Super Bowl. I don't know, you know, there's there's no quarterback here this weekend that's like legacy is affected by not winning or by winning because nah. Mahomes has already had his Super Bowl. Perennially in championship games, they're Joe, in their twenties. Yeah, yeah, that's Joe, a short it, way of saying what you're about to say. They're in their twenties. Yes, Joe Burrow has got many more opportunities. Brock Purdy, nobody expected him to be here anyway. And Jalen Hurts, with the way this Eagles team is constructed, probably going to be back in almost the same position next year. So nobody's legacy is going to be hurt. But I really want to see Joe Burrow get that get that Super Bowl. Get he's got a national championship and he's got a uh, he's got a Super Bowl appearance. And if he can get that Super Bowl, that would be great so i think i'm looking more forward to that game than uh over the other one but the other one's pretty intriguing because i'm a big i I really want to see brock Purdy do good as well absolutely yeah absolutely we will cam and i will talk a lot about this here in uh, hour number two we do have to get one more phone call here before the end of the first hour let's go back to the auburn bank phone line next up daryl from auburn daryl joins the program daryl how are you doing 
Hey guys, I was going to wait till about five o'clock, five thirty to call you, but uh, since you got a short show, I'm calling early. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Um, one, um, you know, I work in a downtown restaurant. I saw some tour buses come through. In the gymnastics meet today, uh, it is. They play in, or they uh, they Face. compete against yep. uh, NC State seven o'clock tonight. Seven o'clock. Okay. Well, they came through the downtown area. I guess it's tour buses from the gymnastics uh, opponent about eleven or twelve, and I told my coworkers, "Like, well, it's going to be a busy day." Uh, and isn't that sometimes uh, arenas? Fridays usually are too. I would say. Yeah, in the arena, sold out for that game. I believe there's a few uh, just, standing room yeah. only tickets left, but most all seats the, are. Yeah, and all butts and seat spots are sold out. Wow, that's great for gymnastics. Absolutely, a lot of interest in the gymnastics program, and I think that's great. And I know I don't know how much revenue that generates. What's the gymnastics ticket cost? Um, season tickets are about fifty five a piece, or for for each season ticket, and that's five matches, so probably about ten dollars a piece. Yeah, ten dollars a game, or I keep saying game, ten meat. a meet. There we go. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not breaking any records, but any revenue helps. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and then anything associated with uh, sports, whether it's gymnastics or equestrian, I'm just glad to see it happen. Absolutely. And then I got two more questions. Sure. Uh, West Virginia, what you say that the coverage starts at 10.30 in the morning? Yep, 10.30 a.m. tomorrow, 93.9, 11 a.m. tip-off. Oh, wow. So that game will be over before I get off from work. Well, um, I'm hoping that we'll come out with a win, but after Texas A&M, I think we uh, – I'm just glad they're not a SEC conference opponent. Sure. Um, you know, I, and all my thoughts and prayers are with the team, you know, but hopefully they'll be able to pull it out. But – we got to work on some stuff there, I think. Yeah, I got to got to work on some of the offense. Uh, not a great jump shooting team, Auburn isn't. So, I uh, got to try and find ways to score the ball down low. Okay, and then uh, well, that's all the questions I have. I know you got to get to a break, and then I was going. Usually, I wait till towards the end of the show, but since when when's the show going to be over today? Yeah, uh, probably about four forty-five or four fifty when we're going to go off here. Gosh, well, what am I going to do between that time and when the NPR economic news starts? Well, I don't know, Daryl. Maybe I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm sorry that with uh, you listen to uh, yeah. Beauregard. You can, you can listen to Beauregard basketball. Oh, okay. And that's going to be on this channel, or yes, it will. Right around five o'clock. Okay, and who, who's calling the show, Brooks? Uh, so it's going to be uh, our, our, our pal Tim Sin, who is the voice of the Hornets, and then Brant will be out there with them. Brant Autry? Yes. Okay, so you're going to be the color analyst? Yes, you will. Okay, well, I'll tune in, and uh, I'm working on my bicycle. The, the, I got, uh, I'm got i cannibalizing all the bikes around the apartments, and I got me a new seat, and I'm trying to get ready for the season. Well, that sounds good. I mean, it's going to be some beautiful weather here coming up in, in just another month or two. Spring will be here. Yeah, and then I got just got my truck back from the shop, and since I got my truck back, the price of gas has jumped 40 cents, so I guess I'm going to be bicycling again. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad you got your truck back, though. Well, I just sort of – I didn't push the mechanic, and it was such pretty weather, but uh, I needed to buy groceries and buy stuff for the apartments, uh, like toilets and junk like that. But sure. anyway, 
Anyway, well, uh, I just want to call in and wish you guys a good weekend, okay? Well, appreciate it, Daryl. We'll we'll talk to you next time. Okie dokie. Talk to you later. Bye. That is uh, Daryl from Auburn joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Always appreciate uh, Daryl calling in there. And uh, with that, that's going to wrap up hour number one. Brooks, thank you for being here, sir, and uh, I hope you enjoy your weekend. And you are headed to gymnastics tonight. I am. I'll be inside of uh, Neville Arena. I know we gave away a couple tickets earlier this week, so hope to see our our good friends that we gave tickets away to earlier this week there. Can't wait to see, uh, hopefully see some other folks that we know out there. Have a great weekend, sir. I'll I'll see you next week. Both of you have a great weekend. Out of time for hour hour number one. Myself and Cam, we will return for hour number two, which will be the final hour of the show coming up in just a few minutes. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two coming up right now of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here for the final hour of the show today and for the week. Borgard High School basketball coming up just after 5 o'clock on our airwaves, so we're going to get off just before 5 o'clock today. So just another 45 or 50 minutes here on the show. So a lot to talk about with Cam Berry. Again, my name is Ryan LaVoy. And uh, let's start to preview some football here this weekend. We'll, again, circle back to Auburn and West Virginia uh, as uh, they've got a game in Morgantown tomorrow morning, and we talked a little bit about that in hour number one. If you did miss that, the Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast and join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola Taste the Feeling. So with that, let's move on to the AFC and NFC Championship games. NFC is first up, so we'll talk about that. Uh, 2 o'clock this weekend on Sunday. Eagles 49ers, I think uh, the clear two best teams in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, really were all season long, even with the Vikings record-wise being good for most of the year. I think we could see that their run was a little bit different than these Fluke. two teams. <laughs> uh, so uh, what do you think about this Eagles 49ers matchup? Very defensive matchup. It's going to be interesting to see. Um uh, I think the Eagles are definitely going to have to rely on their passing game a lot more than their run game, even though they are such a very such a strong run team. Um, just that the 49ers, their run stopping is the best in the league. Um, and if you're 
if you're the Eagles, you have to think and look at, well, what's the weak spot of the 49ers defense? It's their corners. It's their secondary. That is easily um, on, a, on, a, on a very talented defense. Don't get me wrong. I mean, still the best defense in the league, but that's because they get to the passer so quick um, that – you know, their corners are kind of that's where they kind of hide their their inability to stay on and stick to the receivers. And, and the Eagles receiving core is so talented. You have Devontae, you have um, uh, you have A.J. Brown. So you got guys, you have uh, Dallas Goddard uh, at tight end. So you have guys that will be able to get open. Uh, Jalen Hurts just has to be able to make the right reads and make the right decisions. And um, I think the Eagles will pull this one out. Uh, I think it will be a very good game. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it were low scoring, honestly, um, you know, uh, along the lines of almost the same as the Dallas 49ers game in the terms of I think that final score was like 19 to 12, right? Um, so probably somewhere around there, maybe like 24, 21, um, somewhere, you know, around there, um, Philly minus two and a half that, I mean, yeah, I, I could definitely see that, um, you know, that again, a three point game, a close game, uh, a hard fought game. Um, I, I would like to see Jalen hurts get to a super bowl. I would like to see Jalen hurts win a super bowl. I, I, you know, a lot of, I, I know we've seen over the past week about, uh, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter about Bama fans still claiming Jalen and all. Oh, that. have I? Oh, yeah. Cam, that was my worst of the weekend on Monday. As a matter of <laughs> really? Fact. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, dude. Uh, Just in general, people claiming schools that they did not finish with. Right, like Joe right. Bur- Joe Burrow noted Ohio State player. Right. No, he no. LSU. LSU. So. Yeah. So um, that, um, that you know, is something um, – but I, I I like Jalen Hurts. I I just I I kind of like him as a player. I like um, how he carries himself. Um, just seems like a all around genuine good dude. Um, so he's not hard to root for. And I'm glad he's not in a Bama uniform anymore. Um, so when he went to Oklahoma, I was like, yeah, I can I can really actually cheer for this guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I'd like to see him be successful. Um, had no idea, by the way, um, until, I don't know, maybe a month ago that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown were high school teammates. Um, and now they're back playing with one another. So that's where that chemistry, that's why that chemistry was so automatic. Um, how it was so key and how it was so easy for, for them to, for, for A.J. Brown to come in. And it was almost seamless how the transition was. I was wondering, I was like, man, they clicked fast, you know. That's why they played high school ball together. Um, and so, yeah, I think that matchup honestly is going to be the key um, for for the Eagles, uh, that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown connection to really move the ball down the field. Because, again, I, I just, you know, as, as talented and as good as Miles Sanders is, um, I just think the run stopping that that um, that the 49ers have is just is just too talented. So they're just going to have to rely on the pass game to get the ball at least up and down within the 20s. Um, within the within the um, through the red zone into the red zone. So yeah. So this game is really fascinating because I think if you if you told an average fan about these two teams um, and, and who was the better defensive team, I think San Francisco would come to mind first before yeah. Philadelphia. But Philly's but Philadelphia. Defense. So these teams are one and two right. in yards yep. allowed this year. San Francisco allowed basically three hundred on the dot. Philly three hundred one. Mm-hmm. But where this is shocking, because you always think of that Nick Bosa-led front for right. San Francisco, Philadelphia led the league in sacks this year. Very good. They had like 70, right? Exactly 70. Yeah. It was not close. 
uh, how much they led the league by. Second, by the way, shocking too, was Kansas City at 55, and then third was Dallas and New England at 54. So in other words, Philadelphia outsacked the whole league by 15, almost <sighs> one per game. They got some dudes, uh, Reddick and Graham. Yeah, they got some dudes on on the defensive line. And so my thought here is we saw a version of Brock Purdy that was not quite as pristine last week against Dallas. Dallas had one of the top five pass rushes in the league this year as well. And and so that is going to be turned up another notch, to the maybe to the ultimate notch here. Can Purdy – and, and by the way, it, it's not just about quarterback sacks. It's about hits. It's about pressures. It's about making a quarterback confused at the line of scrimmage. Right. Some of these great quarterbacks in the league are great, yeah, because of their arm talent, blah, blah, blah. But because they read the defense accurately when they blitz or where the pass rush is coming from, they move their feet in the pocket. They right. they do subtle things to make that pressure a little bit less impactful, and that's going to be tested with Brock Purdy into the ump degree Agreed. this weekend. And so when I look at this game, Cam, uh, I think this is you know people want to focus on Hurts because of you know, this is first truly great year in right. the league, but this is the moment for Purdy to test this season what it's all been about if he can live up to this test. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's that's good. You're you're right. Honestly. Um, I, that that defense is definitely going to get after uh, Brock Purdy, and you're you're right, Ryan. They did um, they did sack out sack literally everybody, um, seventy sacks, and and like I said, I mentioned a couple names, uh, Reddick, and they have uh, Brandon Graham. I, I can't remember all of the names, but they did also add De- uh, uh, N- uh, Sue. N- no, I can't. Indomica Sue. Sue. Yeah. Why? I don't know why. I've said his name multiple times. I don't know why. I just got tongue tied there. <laughs> um, uh, Sue for run stoppage. They added guys like that um, to to really beef up that defensive line. So and and they also got back. They're they're 100 healthy now in their secondary. Uh, CJ um, Gardner Johnson. You know I'm I'm not a fan of him. I just hate the way he is in general. I I couldn't stand that dude on the Saints. Um, but he is a talented safety, um, and he um, he was he made he was a key key guy. And when he got hurt, um, I think it was like a Monday night football game. He got hurt and he was out for like six weeks. Um, and you know Dallas, they went and Jalen was hurt. Yes, and they played a really close and high scoring game. But uh, not having Gardner Johnson out there, I think, was super impactful for for the Eagles in general. And you got to be able to, you know, pay attention to that they have lockdown corners. Uh, Darius Slay is out there, um, so they have a lot of talent all over that defense. Um, and it's going to definitely put Brock Purdy to the test. I 100% agree with you, Ryan. Let's uh, let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. Next up on the show, Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joins the program. Anthony, how are you doing? Anthony. Doing good. I'm doing good. And you guys? Doing, doing well, well, sir. You know, I tell you, the Eagles are amazing this year. I mean, it goes to show, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, doing a little extra work. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he uh, went and got some kind of quarterback guru or trainer to uh, help him with his throws and read defenses and watch him film. And, uh, you know, the guy just, just goes to show you when you have a good attitude and, and uh, keep on pushing forward and, and keep the negativity away, and, uh, you know, publicly he never said anything uh, uh, derogatory or never pouted, you know, when things weren't going good or his way at, at certain times through his uh, 
late, late college career and an early pro career. And uh, I tell you, just a class act. But I tell you, you know, uh, Phil Jefferson can win this whole thing. And they can win it. They play in team ball. Jalen being the leader of that team, they behind him 100%. You can see that on the field. Uh, the players are interacting with him and whatnot. The, all they got to do is what they've been doing, playing good defense, playing special teams. And then from an offensive standpoint, yeah, Jalen's going to have to uh, do what he does uh, with his running ability, uh, the throws that he can make. And then that running game they got, they got two or three running backs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Sanders is the one that comes to mind the yes, most for me. right. But He's their top running back. Three, yeah, they got three running backs that get it done week in and week out, get yeah. those yards. They split those carries and, and, and get those yards and get in that end zone. And, yeah, Gainwell and, and uh, Scott. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jalen, he does some pretty good fakes when he put it in the running back belly and ride him a little bit, then either let him keep it or pull it and run it himself. So he's going he to have to be – Jalen Hurst going to have to be on the game, on the money. Uh, I mean, I know they uh, kind of scaled back a little bit the last couple games with his shoulder injury, but, hey, he's going to have to be on the money and uh, put it all on the line this weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, Anthony, I, I think – You've got to give, as you were talking about, tremendous credit to Jalen Hurts because I got to see him in person even last year when the Eagles played down in Tampa in the playoffs. Right. And he was running for his life. He looked a little addled. It just didn't look great. And the improvements he's made this offseason – uh, you know, I, I think he, he's. I, I I personally think he should win MVP. I, I think Mahomes yeah. will actually win it, but I I would vote for Hertz. Uh, and certainly along those lines, as most improved player, because again, last year there were still some real questions about him as an NFL quarterback, and you saw how damn good the Eagles were this year when he was in the lineup for him. And, and, and so uh, I, I'm looking forward to this matchup. Both these defenses are going to give great tests to these offenses, but Philly being at home with the improved Jalen Hurts, I think you've got to give them the edge. As far as the voting, when is the voting? When does the voting start? When, uh, I, so they're already voting. Yeah, I, they've already I, I oh, think, they're voting now. As yeah, I, okay. I think they announce it like the week before the Super Bowl. So I, so I guess in like a week or two, I think yeah. they have NFL honors like mm-hmm. the week of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So a few days before the Super Bowl, I think it all gets announced. Well, would the votes, would the votes be in before the, uh, the game this weekend or, or – or? Oh, you guys don't really know. I bet they finish the voting at the end of the regular season. Yeah, I, I would because be it's a regular season award, postseason. Unlike college, you know that those conference championship games do factor in, and the pros, the the the, uh, the postseason stuff does not factor into the voting at all. Okay, I was thinking maybe if it did, you know, uh, a good playoff win uh, this weekend could probably go ahead and boost them over Mahomes. But yeah, you know, sure. if, if it went that way, but I tell you, we will see what happens with that, but. He's certainly worthy uh, of that. In regular season, uh, fourteen and one as a starter until he got hurt there. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, hey, I, to my understanding, I don't think Philly has ever won the many games in the franchise history. I mean, you guys know. Uh, oh, I'd have to look that they, up. I they have definitely no had their best start in franchise history. I think they started off right. thirteen and zero, if I'm correct. Yeah, like uh, that. that was their best start in franchise well, history. If they won, if they well, they went fifteen and two, didn't they? Yeah. So I mean, if they went fifteen and two, they used to play or 16. 14 and three. Fourteen and three. Oh no, they lost they three. Did. Okay. So eh, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, it's it's probably as many or one less because I don't think they've ever won sixteen in a year. You know, other than the other time Philly went to the Super Bowl with Tyrell Owens, if I'm not mistaken. The only time I heard anything from them when uh, Dick Vermeil was on TV in the locker room there crying and carrying on the sadness when I was a kid watching the uh, Monday Night Football <laughs> and they got to get it done and they're crying and carrying on it. I think uh, that pushed him on into the broadcast booth for about 20 years or so before he came back 
uh, coaching again. But uh, I tell you, it's going to be a big weekend, and I think everybody's looking forward to it. I know I'm looking forward to these games, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, uh, guys, I appreciate everything. Where's JJ? I hadn't heard him on the, on the show late, uh, last week or so. Oh, Anthony, do you not know he uh, he uh, he is no longer the host of this show? Uh, he oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he left yes, the, the last uh, last day of December was his last day here. He's. Uh, Moved on to other opportunities. He'll continue to call Auburn softball for the Auburn Sports Network coming up here in a few weeks, and so he'll be in the oh. area. But but I am now the host of the show. JJ has uh, has departed. Okay, well, congratulations then. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. I'll be calling in, and we're gonna talk, and we're gonna have some fun. You guys have a good weekend. Yes, Absolutely, sir. sounds you good. As well. Right. Thanks. We'll right. uh, we'll talk to you later, Anthony. Appreciate that phone call. That's Anthony calling from Auburn right here on the Auburn Bank phone line. So, yeah, that that's pretty good preview. He talked about the Eagles, too, yeah. and the 49ers. Pretty good preview of the Eagles 49ers. Again, that the first game coming up on Sunday. Are you, You're officially going Eagles? Yeah, I'm going Eagles. I, I'm, I'm going go. Eagles, too. I, I appreciate the Brock Purdy story. Uh, yeah, but nah, this ain't it. <laughs> but like I said, you know, <laughs> and I, I also I, the underrated part here is again that defensive line. And, and look, you talked about it too uh, before the phone call there with Anthony. The the AJ Brown dynamic has helped tremendously in the growth Ooh, yeah. of Jalen Hurts, and and that's still one of the most puzzling trades of the offseason that the Titans did. That I I know they didn't want necessarily want to have yeah. to pay him a lot. They're paying Tannehill a lot, Derrick Henry a lot. Trippy. I get it, but still. Uh, that that has just not functionally been a good trade for Tennessee. It's been a phenomenal trade for Philadelphia, though. And AJ Brown's had a huge year for the Eagles, so that connection yeah. will be uh, will be very much on display on for Sunday. Sure, when we come back, we'll preview the AFC Championship game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. That and more coming up next. We have your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is what? My name is what? My name is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here. Again, reminder, we get off air in about 30 minutes or so. Borgard High School basketball coming up at the top of the hour or just after. Busy show today. Let's keep it going. Back to the Auburn Bank phone line we go. Next up on the program, Keith from Auburn. Keith joins us. Keith, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, guys. Doing great. How about you? Doing well. Doing well, sir. Hey, um... I heard you, uh, somebody talking earlier about Jalen Hurts, and I know you mentioned something about in relation to Joe Burrow. Are y'all saying that Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma guy? A hundred percent, yes. He is an yes. Oklahoma no guy. No way. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Started in Alabama as a true freshman, played three years there. When he left Alabama, said Alabama will always be home for him. He did wear the logo of Oklahoma and Alabama on his helmet. 
Now, I'm not saying that because he played he played at Oklahoma that uh, he got to the NFL. I think it helped him. I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not arguing that fact, but in my eyes, he'll always be a Crimson Tide quarterback. So then, Jameer. So now, did, 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 did he win a national championship at Oklahoma? He did not. No. Nope. Did he win one at Alabama? Uh, he did. I rest my case. Yeah, that's not what it's all about there, Keith. Um, you can't I, I claim every single time a player is successful, no matter where they start or where they finish. When he went to Oklahoma and got Lincoln Riley's coaching, that aided him tremendously yes. in yep. being able to be a quarterback that was draftable into the NFL. And I understand I understand he had successes at Alabama, but are you going to claim now, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs, he went to Georgia Tech then, right? Since his last year was at Alabama and, and the last year yeah, doesn't matter? I, no, or Jamison Williams? No, okay, so you're – okay, all right. I just wanted to make I mean, sure because – I'm just saying he played three years. Joe Burrow, uh, and we'll go to that too, he was a backup and a third-string quarterback at Ohio, Ohio State, and he left – and went to LSU, and he claims LSU is his scoop. He won a national championship there. I agree with that. I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I just, you know, um, I just you know, want I, I just want to make sure Keith that people don't have a double standard. If you want to say that guys that play wherever they play the most at is their school, okay, I, we we at least can respect each other's disagreement there. That's but for, all I'm saying. But for the people. There's some people out there, Keith, and you're obviously not one of them, so this is not applying to you here, but sure. there's some people that will just claim whatever school that they want to because it's their fandom, and they'll say, oh, well, no, Jamison Williams did go to Alabama, and all these guys, even if they, if you're using a different argument. So, again, you're saying, oh, Jalen Hurts played more at Alabama. All right, fine. So then that would not apply to some other guys that finish Alabama like Okay, like I said, Jameer Gibbs in his last year. So Jameer Gibbs. We're talking about one person. Sure. Jameer Gibbs. Sure. Or or Jameson Williams, uh, who finished at Alabama after went to Ohio State. So I'm just. Did Jameis Williamson win a national championship at Alabama? Who? Jameson Williams? Williams. No. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, They lost to Georgia the year Jameson Williams was on the team. I'm sorry. Okay. So he can claim whoever he wants to. I understand that. I'm just saying that Jalen Hurts signed with the University of Alabama out of high school. He was a true freshman, the first to ever start for Nick Saban at Alabama, won a national championship, and he lost the job. And, and look, you know, you play who you think is going to win the most ball games. for. I, I don't have an issue with that. He transferred to Oklahoma. I, don't have, I didn't have a problem with that. But if you go back on Twitter and you look at the letter or the tweet that he sent out when he left Alabama to go to Oklahoma, he said his heart will always be at Alabama. That is my home. Go back and find that. Sure. I read it. It's in there. So now everybody else can say, well, no, it, you know, it wasn't Jalen Hurts is Oklahoma. Go ahead and claim Oklahoma if he wants to. But I know what he said in his tweet when he left. And I was gracious and thankful that he did what he did where he was at. Jalen Hurts is a superstar in my eyes, okay? Sure. Yeah, he, he lost the starting job at Alabama. 
and I hate that. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. But hey, okay, he lost it to Tua. Okay, who's got the last laugh right now? Well, right Maybe now it's Jalen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy is a class act. Sure, and, and just th- because he left Alabama and went one year and played for Lincoln Riley, you know the. The sons of the God have fallen on Oklahoma, and he's the greatest thing. No, he's in Alabama. He went to school at Alabama, got his degree at Alabama. And y'all telling me he's going to claim Oklahoma as his... I didn't say who he's going to claim. I'm just saying who developed him at the end, which is why he's able to have part of the reason why. And then second, when Roger Goodell reads the card, he doesn't say the University of Alabama. He says the University of Oklahoma. I know what Jalen Hurts said when he left. Okay. And that's fine. I I understand that. But, I mean, I I just don't understand. Uh, I guess Alabama's been so successful that everybody wants to, to, to down the fact that he he played at Alabama for three years, signed with him as a true freshman, first quarterback ever start for him as a freshman, get him to a national championship game, but yet he's not an Alabama guy. He's an Oklahoma guy who played one year. I don't buy that. I, I, I just don't buy that. It don't make no sense to me. It does not make sense to you that, again, the reason he's in the NFL is because he transferred to Oklahoma so that, A, he could start because backups typically don't get drafted very often to the NFL. It's very rare. It can happen, but That's it's true. rare. I agree with that. I'm not arguing that fact. And so, and I'm not arguing where J- if Jalen Hurts can claim whatever he wants to claim, but I'm just I'm saying. I'm telling you who he claimed. He claimed Alabama. Great. That's where okay. he got And again, Keith, my That's argument okay. here is I don't want people to double dip. If you're going to say. What, what are we double dipping? You're not double dipping anything. I've seen Alabama people. Okay, I've seen people. Same Twitter that you you get on. Alabama people. I'm one person, and 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 my philosophy on this is that I know what he said when he left Alabama. I know what he did when he was at Alabama, and it, it. I hated to see him lose that job too. But Nick Saban, and he may not be the greatest coach in the country. Everybody can argue that, but he's going to play the the quarterback that he thinks can win, give him the best opportunity to win football games. I hated that for for Jalen Hurts, but you know it's a the double standard is, yeah, he lost his job, but he stayed faithful to the process that Nick Saban talks about and what happened when Tool got hurt and went down. He came in and he won the SEC championship game. He's an Alabama guy at heart. He always will be. Yes, he did because the NIL and everything else where you can transfer and do all this stuff, that's great. And and I, I didn't blame him for doing that. I, I mean, I, I was I was as the biggest fan as anybody. That Yeah, he's going to Oklahoma, and, and I wished him the best. You know, but, uh, you know, everybody wants to say, well, and I don't know, Peter, Goodell, he can't even spell his own name in the NFL with all the crap they got going on up there. But I'm just telling you, Jalen Hurt will always be an Alabama player. He played one year at Ole Miss, I mean at Oklahoma, and he had a great season. And I am so proud for him for doing that. And he's worked his butt off to get to where he is right now. But all the reports that you see about Jalen come out of Alabama, not out of the state of Oklahoma. So go back and read that and look at that and see who 
claims Jalen Hurt. It's not Oklahoma. It's Alabama. That's all I'm saying about that. I just don't buy that. Yeah, I can understand Joe Burrow. He didn't start at Oklahoma State or at, at Ohio State. He left because he couldn't get on the field. That's a different story. And he goes to LSU and he wins a national championship. So if I did the same thing, I'd claim LSU is my school. But Jalen Hurts was recruited by Alabama, was signed by Alabama, was a true freshman that started for Alabama, the first ever under Saban, and won a national championship. But just because he lost his job, and he played out the whole the whole process, and he got his degree and then left. Sure. But y'all want to say he's an Oklahoma guy. I don't buy that. His diploma says he graduated from the University of Alabama, and he won a national championship there. In my eyes, he's from Alabama. Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about Jameis Winston or, or Jameer Gibbs or, or whoever. I mean, in this new NIL deal, I mean, Joe, whoever, can go transfer wherever they want to. You know, if they ain't going to play and they ain't going to get to start, then I don't blame them. Go transfer. That's just the life. That's just what we live in now. But right. I, I just don't, and I respect what y'all are saying. I understand that. I, I'm not that just. Yeah, Keith. All I'm saying is, and, and you're keeping it consistent. So again, I'm not even trying to argue with with you personally. Oh, I understand. And so I, understand. I, I just don't like I don't like double standards. And so that's why I brought it up is because a lot of people, again, not you. But a lot of people I've seen have had double standards. If we all want to say that, like in Jalen Hurts' case, it's where you played the most, it's where you won a championship or that sort of thing, that's fine. I just don't want it to be turned around the next time it benefits a certain group of people to, to say that. And that goes for any fan base anywhere. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is let the individual and the person that played the game decide that. Fair enough. And he said he was an Alabama, true and true. And Alabama was home for him. Yeah, he did what he did to make himself better for an opportunity to play in the NFL. And I don't think Nick Saban sat over and said, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. He probably encouraged him to do that. Sure. But Nick Saban's got a job to do, too. Uh, you Absolutely. Know, and, and, no, no criticism of him. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, they, I, mean I, I, just, I, I just don't buy by that fact, I mean, uh, it's it's one of those things, and I may be totally out of line on this, but uh, in my eyes, Jalen Hurts will always always be an Alabama guy. Yes, in the Senior Bowl, he wrote, he he wore both logos or whatever you want to call it, but his success. Well, let me rephrase that. I mean, he had success at Oklahoma too. Okay, right, he was I'm a Heisman candidate. Yeah. And if he hadn't have went there, he probably wouldn't have been drafted as a quarterback. I'm the first person that, that will say that. But I know what Jalen Hurts' heart was, and when he left there, he left to better himself. He didn't leave there because he was mad at everybody on the sun. Right. He, no, he, it, it, yeah. he carried it with him, you know, and, and he got better as he progressed with that. So, I mean, you know, everybody can say that – you know, they want to. They're, well, and Roger Goodall, he can say, well, he graduated from, you know, he didn't graduate from Oklahoma. He played a season at Oklahoma. He graduated from Alabama. His diploma says the University of Alabama, not Oklahoma. 
So, you know, I, I just have a typical – I'm not an NIL guy. I'm a Gene Stallings guy. Gene Stallings said, by God, you go to school to get an education, not to make millions of dollars. You can make that when you get to the NFL. But now we paying everybody under the sun six figures just to sign with a school whether they ever play or not. And then they get their feelings hurt, and then they're going to transfer somewhere else. And then they're going to transfer somewhere else. We don't have college football anymore. We have semi-pro football. And I don't like it. That's what it feels like to a lot. You get an education when you go to school on the college ranks. You don't go, and now you do. You go there because I'm the first one to tell you, Alabama, uh, you know, players sign with Alabama because what they're going to do? They're going to get in the NFL. Right, and they're gonna get they're gonna get nil money like everybody else, but I don't think that's right. You know, back in the day, you you signed a scholarship because you got a free education, right? Not that you're gonna make seven figures a year, and then after your first year, you didn't start. You're gonna leave and go transfer somewhere else, and then transfer somewhere else, and then you play eight years in the in, in the NCAA, and then so who you gonna? Okay, what's the what's the dude at at Georgia? Uh, that uh, I don't know where he's at now. He left Georgia, went to West Virginia. Now he's somewhere else. Oh, JT Daniels. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Okay. Who's he claiming is his team? I have no. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I don't think it's going to matter too much because I don't think he's. <laughs> I don't think people are going to be talking about him too much longer. <laughs> I, I agree with that, but I'm just saying uh, what we got going on now in college football, and I know everybody under the sun was all good about this well yeah they deserve money they bring all this money in into the you know you know into the school i understand that i don't have an issue with that but you know these are 18 19 and 20 year olds and we're going to pay them seven figures just to sign a contract right all right a letter of intent to go play at a school and then I still, mean, and in the case of Rashada from Florida, then get asked uh, or he asked out of the letter of intent when <laughs> when it wasn't yeah, looked like they were to come up with his money. So I, yeah. I get it. I get it, Keith. Uh, certainly, the 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 genie went way out of the bottle there. And uh, that's great. There, it, uh, let me say let me say this in closing. And I know I've been on. Uh, I, I'm taking up Steve time now. I've been on too <laughs> long. Uh, but I will say this about Jalen Hurts: he can claim whoever he wants to. And he's a class act. Sure, there's nobody that's walked, that's that that's played at the University of Alabama, and that's got an education there, that's got more class than Jalen Hurts. And I hope the guy wins Sunday or Saturday, whenever they play, and I hope he wins the Super Bowl because he is a class act. That, that's all I'll say about that. I, you know, whether he can claim whoever he wants to, but I've read the tweet. I read what he said when he left University of Alabama, and he said his heart will always be crimson white in the University of Alabama. Now, he does show class. He did play at, at Oklahoma, and he did get to the NFL, and he wore both uh, logos on his helmet. And that's fine. I mean, listen, Jay, Jalen Hurt is smart, okay? That's why he's where he's at right now. You know, yep. so uh, kudos to him, guys. I, I'm not. I wasn't calling to argue you guys. I just, you know, it kind of rubbed me wrong, wrong way when everybody says, "Well, Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma guy." No, he's not. In my eyes, he played at Alabama, and that's my eyes. I mean, everybody. 
you know, 15,000 Auburn fans and say, oh, no, 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 he won a national championship at Auburn, but he, he, he went to Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoma guy. He played one year at Oklahoma. I think he played four at Alabama. It might have just been three. It was three, yeah. It was three. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think he stayed for the eight or nine years you can stay in college football now right. and, and play. You know, oh, well, we had COVID 17 years ago, so, you know, you get eight more years to play. You know, you got you got guys out there that's 30 years old playing college football. Things have changed. That's all I'll say. Yes, but, they have. you know, good luck to Jalen. Guys, y'all do a great job. Uh, I don't normally call in and, and argue about something, but. Hey, it's you all know, good, Keith. So, that's all good. And uh, difference yeah. of opinion is is always important in, in sports talk. And and look, that I we certainly do respect your opinion. Well, I do appreciate it, you guys. Y'all keep up the great work. Do a great job. Always will continue to listen. Always uh, can't always call in, but uh, I enjoy what you guys do. Y'all are spot on, and just keep up the great work. Appreciate, appreciate it, Keith. that, sir. Have a great weekend. That is Keith from Auburn joining us. On our Auburn Bank phone line, always appreciate Keith and and yeah, we 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 disagreed there. That's a hundred percent fine. And, and Keith still made incredibly valid points. And ultimately, like Keith said, it's up to Jalen Hurts too, where he where he wants to claim. And you know, other people can't speak for you there. So if Jalen Hurts wants to claim Alabama, then that that's totally fine. And he has been incredibly loving of Alabama in the past. And I think our, our argument just was that he grew a lot at Oklahoma in ways that he right. was not growing in, in three years at Alabama. And and look, again, is I, I, I appreciate consistency, too, at the end of the day, and, and Keith points out there with roster movement. There's not much consistent about, about how much you're going to get paid and, yeah. and all the roster movement going on there. And so the reality is uh, things are con- continually changing, and uh, that's that's something that's just is part of college football now. Got to take one final break of the show. Man, it has flown by today. We will wrap things up after this. to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au i'm deshaun davis former auburn tigers football player and all sec linebacker you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 winding down this friday edition of sports call ryan lavoy cam Barry. just a few minutes left in the program again reminder Borgard high school basketball coming up just past five o'clock that's why we're saying goodbye in just a matter of three or four minutes again appreciate key from auburn uh for calling us there on the auburn bank phone line got into a spirited debate and that is appreciate ex- the passion that is sports debate i mean that's exactly what we want so uh contrary to popular man it's not popular belief contrary to belief i'm not right all the time and so <laughs> if you think i'm not call in and tell me i'm not I'm, I'm all about that so all right just three or four minutes left in the show again ryan lavoy cam barry real quickly cam give me 60 to 90 seconds on that Bengals game that we did not quite get to uh in the afc championship game and then also 60 to 90 seconds on uh auburn and west virginia closing thoughts all right so chiefs and Bengals. this is going to be an interesting one uh two solid defenses right especially the Bengals who have kind of picked it up a lot burrow being three and oh against uh patrick mahomes is definitely something to watch out for um but i i am actually picking kansas city in this one i think that this is going to be this is going to be the game that um 
they kind of get that that uh that monkey off their back and and the Bengals will lose this game um it, it, it will be a good one. I think it'll be a, um, a, a regular. I think it'll be like around the 30s where both teams will score about 30 points somewhere around there um, between like 27 and 35. Uh, it'll it'll be fun to watch. And uh, I mean, two explosive offenses. You can't get much better than that, honestly. And um, yeah, uh, the, the Chiefs will more than likely move on, in, in my opinion. Uh, for Auburn and, and West Virginia, it, an, another interesting game. Auburn's just going to have a tough matchup. They they have to be smart. They have to shoot the ball better, um, and they have to to really play within themselves and and not get uh, not be forced to play how West Virginia wants them to play. Um, gotta gotta put up points in this game. Like you said, Ryan, they they score pretty uh pretty high. So you, you got to be able to put put the ball in the hoop um, and be efficient in in doing it. Because if not, then you'll get run out of the gym. Um, I I am not confident, honestly, that Auburn's going to be able to do that. I do think West Virginia is going to win this game. Uh, I think just the home court advantage is something that's going to be um, so impactful, uh, I mean, especially within the Big 12. Um, so I, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. I mean, especially I think Auburn's going to fight because they got they lost at home against Texas A&M. So they want to be able to bounce back. I would be I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong, um, but I do see Auburn losing back-to-back games here um, against West Virginia, and um, I, I do think it'll be close. You know, I think Auburn will put up about 60, 65 to 70 points, but I think I think West Virginia is going to score about 70 to 75 points. So I think that's just where, where the difference is going to lie. So that's, that's what I got for you. Yeah, I, I'm worried too. I, I, I lean towards West Virginia as well in this game. Um, I, I just am worried about the fact that West Virginia averages near 80 points yeah. a game. I mean, that that is a real offense. And you saw uh, against Texas A&M, Auburn played great defense for 20 minutes. I mean, the second half, second the, half, they were awesome defensively. The problem is A&M was awesome for 20 minutes in the first half, and sometimes the Auburn offense is not good enough to overcome 20 awesome offensive minutes, and that might be – all it takes against them. So I'm going to take West Virginia in a close one too. It does not mean I think Auburn's some some bum team now because no. they had a rough week. But but certainly it would be a rough week if they do lose to West Virginia. Also, I agree with you, Cam. I'm going to take Kansas City in a close one. I think Mahomes has a Mahomes moment late in that one. One possession win for the Chiefs, but not disrespecting anything Cincinnati has done. Uh, they're going to be around for a long time with Joe Burrow. All right, uh, just seconds left of the program time for the nightly tv guide our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide sports calls nightly tv guide presented by white claw hard seltzer no time for the music today but we will tell you uh <laughs> auburn tennis in action against number 10 wake force on something called play site i honestly do not know what that is five no o'clock on play site also got uh the detroit uh, red wings new york islanders six o'clock on espn uh, a little college basketball for you, St. Louis and Davidson, six o'clock on ESPN two, and uh, you got the uh, you got a movie, Harry Potter, and I don't know which one that is, COS, Chamber of Secrets. There we go, yep. uh, five thirty-five <laughs> on Sci-Fi, and that is Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Cam, appreciate you being here. See you on Monday, sir. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. See you next week. And uh, we appreciate, as always, all those who tuned in and called in. For Brooks Childers and Cam Berry, my name is Ryan Loy. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.